You don't create days for sadness. You don't create them for disappointments. You create them for you to show forth your glory and your purpose in our lives. So we thank you, Lord, for glory and purpose in our lives. Let it be fulfilled today, all day long. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to continue talking about faith and healing and the things that we need for right now from day to day. I don't know about you, but I need faith in God every day. (laughs) There's never a day where I want things just to happen in the natural I always want the supernatural of God in my life and operating and and available to me um, at all times, endeavoring to walk in the Spirit, follow after Christ, amen? That's the best life. So we're going to talk today about the fact that Jesus goes the extra mile, amen? Jesus goes the extra mile, and that's a good thing because uh, uh, Ephesians 3.20 tells us he is able to do exceeding and abundantly beyond all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. And that power is the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of faith and the power of confidence and uh, and love and, and all of those things that allow God to come in and excel what we can ask or think. And so that's always his calling card, that he's bigger than you could ever imagine him to be, and he's greater in every situation that you could ever imagine. Now, y'all, y'all going, y'all friends back there? Okay, cause I'll, I'll have to turn her over to the babysitter if not. Amen. All right. So praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> praise God. Y'all be getting along fine till Baba start preaching, and it is always some. Back and forth. Now, what's she doing standing up? I thought she was going to behave herself. Why don't you go over and sit beside Miss Tish, honey, okay? Yeah, she loves you. She, It's all in love. There you go. There you go. That's what I'm talking about right there. Amen. Amen. So now mom can focus on the word, get what she came for, and you can... You can learn how to sit sit up in church because that's always good for little kids, right? Amen. Adults too. What am I talking about? <laughs> praise God. Amen. So praise God. So in Hebrews chapter 12, if you'll turn there in verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, and we know in chapter 11, if you can put those down, uh, Chuck, that'd be good for the time we, yeah, that'd be good. Because people can see them. Sorry about that, Chuck. You got them down there, though, did you, girl? That's all right. <laughs> she works hard for them. Uh, uh. That's right. That's right. That's our Chuck. So anyway, we're a company compassed about in other words these people surround us <laughs> isn't that amazing the great cloud of witnesses and those witnesses are people who live by faith just like we're endeavoring to do and we do we live by faith amen because we're always anticipating god to intervene always anticipating god's promise his goodness his intervention whatever excuse me thank you whatever is needed we're expecting that to come from the hand of God. Amen. And that's, 
that's faith, basically faith. And so it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset us. So there, there's a difference between weights and sins. Amen. Weights are, are, uh, burdens that we carry, concerns, uh, other people's, you know, uh, difficulties with us and our difficulties with them, all the things that concern us. So it says that, that there's this great cloud of witnesses that made it already. And they're, they're examples for us that we can make it too. So we're, if, if, if we are doing that, then we have to emulate them. The way to emulate them is do what they did. They laid aside anything other than putting before them the goal that God had set before them. So we stay focused on what's ahead, not the distractions around, not the things of this earth, not the things that are going to pass away, but we've got our mind and our eye focused on eternal things. Amen. Because if we do that, then we'll, we have a sense that faith is taking care of the things we need in the natural. See, if you can keep yourself focused on what God is, is doing in the kingdom where he's leading you to, then that automatically donates that you, you don't have any concern about the natural realm, which you're going to eat, drink, wear, things that would concern you if you didn't have God in your life. Now you have no cares, no worries, no concerns. So you've lightened your load so that you're able to run for Jesus. Amen. So this, this little phrase here is, is analogous to the, uh, athletes of the day. Uh, I don't know if you understand it, but a uh, uh, Greco-Roman uh, uh, sports were often, they often did their, their contests without clothing on. They took everything off because even, uh, a pants or garment would hinder them from, you know, anything that weighted them down. They laid it aside. Amen. And so we have to understand where they're coming from, that they wouldn't dare go into any kind of race or any kind of contest with weights and anchors and things holding them down. Sin will blind you to the goal of God. So you know you got to get rid of that. Amen. And so it says, but let us run this race with patience. So you strip down to the bare essentials and then patiently run. Amen. And I think what that means is to get up every day, like Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. And so understand and know that God has uh, work for us to do on a daily basis. It It does not involve getting involved in things of this world, things of this life, but staying focused on the race, the goal that's set before us. And he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So he's our starting point and he's at the goal line. He's also running with us. Amen. So he's there to, to go the extra mile with us. Amen. To keep us in this race. If nothing else, the Holy Spirit will wake you up every day and remind you that there's something yet to be done, uh, in God's plan in your life. It's like, get up, girl, and let's get going. Let's 
do what we got to do, forget about all the uh, other stuff that's going on and who said this and who don't have that and who don't like you and all that. Those are weights, amen, and often sins because if we stay focused on them, they'll start to hinder us from hearing from God, amen, and staying focused on God. So you lay aside self and everything self is involved in and get into what God has you doing. Looking unto Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on him because he is the author and the finisher. And it says, who for the joy that was set before him, and this is what you do. You're in a race of endurance for the joy that's set before you. God has an eternal plan for us. And we've got people in our lives that he means to bring along with us, but you can't carry them around every day. You can't carry around your unsaved loved ones. You can't carry around your friends and co-workers. You can't carry, you gotta drop them people and say, God, you know what? I'm believing for them. I'm, I'm, they're in my heart still. I believe that you have a good plan for them. I believe you're gonna save them and, and you're gonna save them so that they can live a good life for you. So they have something to show when they get over on the other side and not just barely crawl in. You know what I'm saying? They they need to live a peaceful life right now. There isn't anybody in our midst that couldn't use more of God or use God, period. You understand what I'm saying? And so sometimes we have to take authority over this crazy religion that people get involved in, thinking they've got a relationship with God, and they don't. they got a fictitious something. Amen? And so we, we have to really understand how God wants us to pray for people, but have in, in mind that they would have relationship with God where they confess Christ, they repent and turn their back on sin. If they're still indulging in it, they haven't turned their back on it. So just, you don't pick them up as a burden again. You say, God, look at that. Now, I want them to be sin-free because they can live a sin-free life just like I do. Amen? And and that's the ultimate goal. God wants everybody into the fold. He wants everybody close to him. He wants everybody in their inheritance. He wants everybody in the fulfillment of what he has for their lives and not some fictitious religious something you know, that some people think they've got to get out of jail free card and they can live for the devil all their lives and at the end of their life they get out of jail free. Amen? And don't bank on that happening for people. If you know the way, keep leading the way. Don't give up on them. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They need to follow him. Amen? And so that is the best life. You know, sometimes we get a little lax on relatives because, yeah, you know, they, they're coming in. I believe in they coming in. When? They need in now. If you're in now, they need in now just like you're in now. Amen? And so always have that zeal on the inside of you that, that, that this is something. See, the zeal of the runner is to get all, hit all the goalposts on the route. Amen. Annie and uncle is on the route. Amen. Children are on the route. Brother and sister are on the route. So you want to hit all those markers on the route so that they can have the best chance for coming in 
to God's kingdom. Amen. And, and being all that God wants them to be. Amen. While they're struggling and, and, you know, almost out of their minds and discouraged most of the time, they could be enjoying the fruit of the spirit. Amen. So always have that in, inside of you, that vision of them coming to Christ and serving God and having peace of mind and have a relationship with God, having that sonship and daughtership relationship that you have. Amen. They're entitled to have that because God's provided it already. And so that's part of the goal that's set before us. All of those relatives and in-laws and stuff. And I shared, I think I've shared with you before, when I started having uh, having the family gather at my house for Thanksgiving, uh, every Thanksgiving, I've been doing that since I've been back here. That's what, 20 years. My goal was to see them all come to Christ without exception. Everybody stepped in that door. That was my vision for them and my desire and my prayer. And, and finally this year, um, when I decided I would move because I want to downsize the house, I felt relieved of that burden where God said, he said, you've done what I've told you to do. And I've seen them all. Amen. They either come here, you know, you see them on Facebook, you know, talking about the Lord where they cussed before and all that kind of stuff. And every single one of them, because God's been faithful. Amen. See, if, if you judge God faithful, he'll do, he'll perform upon what he's called you to do. He'll do his end. He's just looking for you to do yours. Amen. And so it's a good thing to have a plan from God. And I've always believed in household salvation. Amen. Even before I got in church or started preaching or anything like that, he just gave me a strong belief that I would see them all come in. And he's been faithful to that. Amen. And he's done even more. Some of them are in the ministry. You know what I'm saying? Helping out here and and doing their part here because they were called to do it. And so it's just a blessing to know that God will be faithful but we've got to lay aside the weights and the anchors and the things. We got to set markers. You know, mom's coming in, uh, dad's coming in, cousin, bruh, bruh, you know, man, man, and, and you know, Pookie and all them. They're all coming in. Amen. And they're going to serve God and I'm going to live to see it. Amen. Why, why should I think it's going to happen one day? I don't let my eyes see it. Amen. It says your eyes will see the salvation of the Lord. And so that's part of the race that we're running. You know what I'm saying? In fact, that's the biggest part is sharing the gospel. Amen. And you can share it with anybody. You don't have to back down and kowtow. You know what I'm saying? Run the risk of making them mad at you. Huh? <laughs> if I tell you some of the things I've done, I used to have everybody come in. I said, who's going to read the scripture this time? And I'd pick the worst desperado that I knew didn't want to read it. You understand what I'm saying? And I could care less if they were offended. If you're offended, go home, but you ain't getting no doggy bag. You're going to... You have to stay here to get some dinner. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't like the way I run stuff around here? Go home. Amen. <laughs> I never had to tell anybody, but they knew where I was coming from. Amen. You come to the crazy preacher's house, you're going to get the crazy preacher. Because she's in residence all the time. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> 
Amen. You know, and, and you get an understanding how to pray for people when you get them in those circumstances that they're not comfortable in. Amen. I get a lot of feedback from, from certain people. You know, it's, you see some of the ones that were in church or no, in church, but in religion, pretending, you know, and you see them, uh, and then you get them under that anointing and just, well, so and so, why don't you leave prayer this time? And they, God catches them and the, the word just flows out of them. And I think to myself, not to slap him for, he know God that well and go sit up and live in sin. You understand what I'm saying? But I get an understanding how to pray for people. You got me? There's a method to this madness. But you got to be on a job. See, I'm running my race patiently. 20 years serving Thanksgiving dinner. You got me? Patiently. God's not going anywhere, and I'm not either. But they're coming in. Amen. And I'm going to see it. I'm going to be able to have a spiritual conversation with all of them. Amen. I told somebody that about their their son. I told him, I said, you know, I said, I talked to your son today. I said, he sounds just like me and you. Mm -hmm. And they didn't believe it. At first, I said, you check them out. See, we stand for so long and pray in faith for such a long time. And then if something happens and we just kind of like unbelief kind of settles in or we think we still got to wait. One day we wake up, they sound just like me and you. And what I mean is you talk about Jesus to them and, and they respond back. Don't hang up the phone and don't run from you. See? That's the payoff. That's the payoff. Amen? That's the payoff. You know, and, and you know, you begin to understand, God, you do have this under control. As long as I stand in faith and don't waver and don't make excuses and you understand and don't lay off, stay on the job. Amen? I think it's always good to let people's devils be at least a little bit scared of you. You know what I'm saying? It just, just makes sense to me somehow. I don't know. But you can't, you can't get slack on those things. Amen. And just keep believing God for them. You know, if you gotta get up every day and say, God, how do I witness to so and so? What do I do? Give me my part to do. And you do that. And see, when he's the author and the finisher of your faith, all of these, these Things that are, are markers on the road of your race. He's in charge of that. So you don't have to do anything. He's doing it all. Amen. He really, really is. Amen. 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 It's good to get joyful about it. Right, Miss Regina? You see him coming in, don't you? Amen. Absolutely. 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 And, and so we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to you know, be concerned about, just stay in faith and stay in the race. Don't let the enemy pull you off the road. Stay in there where God's called you to be. Jesus says in Revelation twenty two thirteen, I am the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and end of everything. Amen. So, and there's nothing in between that he's not in charge of in your life. Amen. 
you got to place him there and you got to put your faith behind it. Amen. So Jesus what does what what we need from A to Z. When God placed Adam in the garden, that is the man and the woman, he gave them all things that they needed and beyond. He gave them the the fullness of life. They could eat freely. He gave them dominion. They had work to do. They had a life where they could see things like God. God spoke to things and they increased or they obeyed him. They had that ability as well as long as they stayed close to God. The Bible says God would come and visit them in the cool of the the afternoon and, and walk with them, both of them. At first it was just the man by himself and then later the man and the woman together. God still visited them. He still had the same same plan for them everything was still the same so god gave them food shelter comfort work which means purpose he gave them the ability to choose and he gave them fellowship and guidance so they had really all things that pertain to life and godliness he also tasked them with choices and decisions to make in managing what he had given them. And they were not expected to do it without God's guidance. Amen. So that was was always involved in it. Because if he visited them every day. Or as often as he did. He was instructing them and guiding them and supporting them. In the things that they needed to do. Disobedience. Their disobedience did not end God's plan. But altered and interrupted it amen the original plan that he had for them was that they would live forever they would not taste death but the ability to be totally like god was always there for them as a choice and and it's an identity thing am i like god or am i not amen so disobedience to God then made way for the life that we see in the Bible. And that is a better covenant with God where the consequences of disobedience um, uh, are, are, are there and explained and shown. So when, when God told him in the day that you eat of that tree, you'll surely die. The devil said, no, you won't surely die. Uh, you didn't read the fine print <laughs> kind of kind of lie. And so uh, it made a way for God to begin to put them on the road back to him. But he would have to teach them how to get back to him. And so part of the, the Old Testament law was to teach. It was our schoolmaster because we were in darkness. The man and the woman were darkness and blindness. And they were looking for a way back to God. Their hearts always longed to be back to God. But he had to choose, he had to teach them how to get back. So the season of teaching, God teaching man his ways, amen, began. There was in Genesis 3, 5, if you'll turn there. Verse 1, I'm sorry, 3-1, the serpent, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, that is the serpent said to him, uh, really? Yay, hath God said, amen, questioning, 
Amen. So this is a, really a test. Whenever somebody says, is that really true? It, you really believe that? Is that in the Bible? They're, they're really tempting you. Amen. To in questioning, uh, your understanding, questioning, maybe your pride, whatever gets involved. Whenever we're, we're challenged like that, we have to know how to meet the challenge successfully or it can be a test. It's a test one way or the other. Whether you pass or fail the test uh, depends on which route you take. Amen. And so when he said, did God say you could really, you, you, you cannot eat of every tree? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you will not eat of it, neither touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, that's really, you will not really die. Amen. For God does know that in the day that you eat, your eyes will be open and you will be as God's knowing good and evil. Verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired, make one wise, she took the fruit and ate of it her husband also, and their eyes were open. Now, in the first instance, when she listened to him and she considered, that's why when we're in faith for something, God tell us, tells us to consider not certain things. See, the more you think on them and consider them, the more opportunity you have to believe them. Amen? It's like, for instance, if you're, you're fighting symptoms in your body, fighting a diagnosis, fighting illness, whatever, however you want to term it, it's good to just stay focused on the word because whether you believe it or not, the more you think about what's wrong and what they say is wrong and what the diagnosis is, the more real it becomes to you and the more of your faith you mix with it. And see, we think you just thought about something for a minute, but if it stays with you, you're really embracing it to a degree. It might take a while, but if you don't counter that with thinking on those, say, wait a minute, no, that's not true. Wait a minute, devil, I'm not going there. I still believe the word of God. By his stripes I am healed. And you have to answer your own thoughts and put the word of God in there instead of just thinking about, like for instance, if the doctor tells you, you know, come back Saturday uh, or come back in a week and we'll have your test results. What you do between that day and when you go back is very important as to what those results will say sometimes what they'll mean to you, how you, how you'll deal with them. You don't go home and just stay nervous about it for seven days. You go home and get in your word and begin to fight it immediately when it's just a thought. Cause right now it's just a suspicion. But if you let that suspicion stay in your mind and ferment and meditate on that and get scared of it and go to WebMD and get some more evidence to support it, See, it's just that simple. People don't think that's the way it works, but it is the way it works because it works with your faith. And you have to keep your faith in God. That's so Mark eleven twenty. 20, he said, have faith in God. Put your faith over in God and don't take it out of God. 
I don't care what's told you, what's said. See, if you wait seven days, it has a chance to get embedded and grow roots and get deep. You're going to have to fight it with the word anyway. You might as well stop, start now. And I'm not talking about arguing with the doctor. You don't have to say nothing to him. Amen? And just go on and start meditating on God's word. Say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. I'm not sick. I'm healed. I receive my healing right now by faith in Jesus' name. And stay on the road of faith. Don't get off for anything. I don't care how many much more evidence they have to the contrary. Well, this is this test came back negative, so we're going to do another one. This one's negative, too, and they just dot the devil piles it on. He don't care how much he piles on you. He's got no mercy. So he's not going to help you, but God is. And you have to turn yourself back to the word. Amen. So in verse 6, you see where the woman became deceived. She started looking at that tree differently. See, this is where you embrace the diagnosis, where you embrace the symptom. See? Well, I didn't think anything was wrong with me. I just, you know, felt this thing in my body or thought this or I just came for my regular checkup or went in for a flu shot. Whatever the devil can do to get you in the realm of the natural where you can get natural evidence that says you're not healed the way God says you are. He has different ways of luring us, just like he talked to her. It, to, to God. Now, wait a minute. Now, I didn't hear God say that. Yeah, because he don't talk to you, devil. How'd he get to be an expert on what God said? The last thing he heard from God is, you're done, you're fired. Get out. Amen. Now all of a sudden when he talked to you, he's an expert on what God said. So verse 6 is deception. When you start looking at something differently, see, by his stripes your heel works all day long as long as you don't have symptoms. When you get symptoms, is a different tune. Amen. But it can still work. You just have to make it work. You got to hold on to it now in spite of. So now is where, where the battle comes in. Deception is when you start to accept what the devil says about you instead of the word of God. You're still healed anyway. Care what shows up on what test, what X-ray, whatever, you still heal. Amen. You're still healed. You healed anyway. That is a legal decree. Amen. You know, you got people who is, you know, married people, been separated for twenty years. Y'all still married. I don't care if you ain't living together. That marriage is a legal decree. Might as well go on over there and see what's shaking. Huh? <laughs> Might as well. Living apart is not making you single. You're just deceived. She saw it differently. 
See, at first she saw it the way God said, see it, you can't have it, don't touch it, don't eat of it. Now all of a sudden it looks different to her. And so that's where the temptation bears fruit. She starts meditating on it. It starts looking different to her. She sees that it's good. Where God told her it wasn't good. Amen? You can't take, you can't change God's mind about anything. If he tells you something's wrong, it's wrong. If his word says it's wrong, it's wrong. And you can't change it. Amen? You may want to change it because you're too lazy to believe or whatever it is, but you can't change it. He's a, the, the Bible says, woe to him who calls good evil and evil good. You can't do that. Amen. There's a woe there. <laughs> that means that you're going to pay a penalty somewhere for that wrong thinking. And so the best thing to do is get it out, get it out of you. And he says, when they ate of it, when they disobeyed, amen, looking and thinking wasn't as bad as when they ate. Amen? Because that was rank disobedience. And it says the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves to hide themselves. So the first spirit that they that attached itself to them was shame. And then it says they heard God's voice and, and they hid from him. So fear of God came on them. Amen. Not the fear of God that we know is a reverence for God, but the morbid fear is fear of the curse. Amen. Fear that the other shoe's going to drop. Fear that God's not going to take care of you this time. That kind of fear. Best thing to do when you feel that way about God's repent. Say, God, I'm sorry, whatever it is, just tell me what it is, God, and I'll get that out of the way because I don't want to feel distant from you at all. Amen. You want to live close to God all the days of your life. That's where you belong. So the the Genesis 3, 5, the curse of their eyes being opened. So eyes being opened is a curse in itself because you begin to see things the way the enemy sees them, and you think it's good. So you begin to think evil is good and good is evil. So we, when your eyes are open, and and we're born that way in the natural, we can see both good and evil, but you have a, a tendency to call evil good because you can't tell it's wrong. Till you get involved with it, and it starts to bear fruit in your life, and then you see that it's wrong. Amen. It like the devil takes the blinders off. He can't wait to take the blinders off on people to show them that he's tricked them into doing something wrong. Amen. Or sometimes people know it's wrong. They think they're going to get away with it. Amen. And, and you're not going to get away. What does getting away with it mean? It just means the penalty is put off to another day. Because <laughs> it's a coming. Amen. It's coming. Amen. Because God has to let us know. See, this is all about the teaching aspect of the law. God has to let us know for sure that when he tells us certain things are forbidden, 
because they're, they've got bad consequences. If we don't take him up on that advice and walk with him and we walk into darkness anyway, he got to show you it's not right for you. He's not trying to, to make your life miserable. He's trying to teach you how to live for him. Trying to teach you who you really are. Attempting to teach you how to live a holy life, which is the best life for us to live. He doesn't want his children. Not any more than you, when you put clean clothes on your kids, you got mad at them when they ran out and played in the dirt. When are you kids gonna learn? When I put your clean clothes on you, I want you to stay clean. Get, I want you to sit up there on the couch and, and watch television or something. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's the same way with God. He's put on righteousness. He's given us the death of his son to show how much he loved us and how important righteousness is and, and how, what a blessing it would be for us in our lives. That's what he wants us to experience. He doesn't want us to continually go and, and snoop around and see what the devil and his crowd are doing and be curious about what worldly people are doing and all that kind of stuff. It's better life for us. And so when the, the, the eyes being open means that you can see in the natural and you have a mind and a heart that desires the natural realm. So God has to come in and give us the new birth to clean all of that out. Give us a new chance to teach us right from wrong. Amen. And so God was able to, prior to their eyes being open, all they ever saw was what God told them to see. Look at the garden, look at the trees, be fruitful, multiply, increase, all of that stuff. Have a happy life. There's your original prosperity. You don't need 15 tapes on prosperity to tell you how to do it. Keep obeying God and it'll happen. Amen. It really will. That's been true forever. Amen. So, so since their eyes are open now, you have to be taught now how to understand God again. Because understanding the devil and his natural stuff is much easier for us. Now we've got to resist and fight to stay in to the things of God. So the curse of the open eyes is still out there. It's still working. Because whenever you endeavor to believe God for something, you're going to have to shut your eyes to what the natural realm is telling you. And you're going to have to shut your mind to meditating on what the natural eye sees. And it takes discipline. But that's the same thing it took Adam and Eve. All they had to do was stay disciplined to meditating on what God told them and stay faithful to that. So we still are in that test, so to speak. Staying faithful to what God tells us, resisting what the natural realm tells us, and, and just trusting and obeying God. Every time we look in the natural and turn our attention from God, we fall under the power of the natural and temporal realm, and it causes us to be more and more conformed to this world. Because we do the same thing Eve did in, in verse uh, 6. We see that it's good. We see that it makes us wise. We see that it got me. 
See, when you start looking at the natural, say you, well, you know, they say I got this. Well, I'm going to go online and look on WebMD. You want to be wise. You're seeking wisdom. But you got in the wrong, you're on the wrong directory. You don't need the world's wisdom. You need God's wisdom. All you need is to stick with by his stripes you're healed. You're going to have to come back there anyway. If you go down the road of, of WebMD and all this stuff and get yourself scared to death, you're going to have to cry out to God say, God help me. Here I am stuck over in WebMD and I'm scared, more scared of this stuff than I was in the doctor's office. And I've been walking around scared for three weeks now. Because every time I call for the test results, they tell me they're not back yet. See, that's what the devil does to you when he gets you on his road. You get his attention. You think you thought the torture was going to be over in seven days and they keep torturing you. No, they're not back yet. I looked in your records. They're still not here. We'll call you when they come in. Well, well, the doctor told me with this. Uh, 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 get back. No. See, he got you on the hook. Now he'll have you on that hook, line, and sinker for the longest time. As long as he can. You need to just cut the cord. Snap the line. And say, God, you know what? I'm going to quit this. Because this is not where you want me to live. I've been nervous, upset, all kinds of things ever since they told me there was something suspicious in my body. Amen. Tell them, yeah, I know it's the Holy Ghost. You don't know nothing about him. That's why he's suspicious to you, but he ain't to me. He my friend. (laughs) Well, somebody needs to laugh. It's funny anyway. See, you gotta tap into the fact that you're not afraid of death anymore. You understand what I'm saying? You ain't scared of dying. You go home to be with the Lord. But you're gonna use your faith to stay well. I know so well you are. You use your faith to stay well. Cause that's what his, that's his greatest will for us. Is we use our faith for what Calvary paid for us. And that's salvation, deliverance, and healing. Amen. So we need to uh, uh, get out from under the power of the natural realm. You know, Romans 12 tells us to be not conformed to this world. The more you read at WebMD, the more you look up diseases and symptoms and talk about them. And get on Facebook and tell people how sick you are. Now, a lot of people just do it for attention, but my goodness, that's expensive. That's expensive attention. And most of the people on there that read your post aren't going to pray for you anyway. You're just doing a shot in the dark, hoping somebody, if you really mean you need prayer. If you really want prayer, God will directly direct you where to go and get prayer. The biggest thing you need to do is use the faith that you have to fight that thing. And you fight it with the world word. So we are conformed to the world instead of being transformed. You got two choices. 
you can either conform and look up all your suspicious stuff and all that, be your own little detective, or you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants to transform you into somebody who resists, hates, detests disease and its author, the devil. Amen. And, and wants you to be victorious over it. You're already victorious over it. You've got to get that established in your body. Amen. So <clears throat> natural sight is evil sight because it's manipulated by the wicked one. And that's Satan. He gets you to looking at things in the natural and pretty soon he can change them. Once he's got your attention on it, like he did with Eve, he got her attention. He got her to look at that tree and question what God said about it. Same thing that happens with us. You understand what I'm saying? We we look at our bodies and question that we're healed. That's all the enemy wants you to do is start questioning things. And then he'll start supplying you answers. Amen? He does. He'll give you all, feed you all kind of information. Amen? So natural sight is evil because it's manipulated by Satan. So we have to watch it. We run the risk of being deceived and conformed to this world the more we focus on the natural. The natural is put there to worry us. And to wary us. Now I'm not saying, you know, when you drive your car, don't keep your eye on the road. <laughs> your spiritual eyes can kick in in the natural realm too. You understand what I'm saying? But but we're talking about strictly being conformed to what the world says about things. Your case is hopeless. Your case has a, a X percent chance of killing you. You got me? You know, you need to put your yourself on the zero percent chance of death because you're healed. It, it's got it's got zero percent chance of killing me because I'm healed, devil. Amen. Yeah. So God is still settling this this issue of choice, choosing good over evil. It's always been there. It's still there. Amen. So as long as we live in the world, we will have to make that choice. Amen. Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Amen. So in choosing Christ, we enter into a better covenant than the old covenant. Definitely better than what Adam and Eve had because they failed. And it's based on better promises. One of which is that he finishes our faith once we begin with him. So just remember that if you are praying for something, you're believing God for something, and you feel that your faith isn't what it's supposed to be or where it needs to be in order to get what you, he's finishing it. It's his job to finish your faith. As long as you stay with God and stay where he's at, Jesus, I just like feel like my faith isn't doing much today. Just remember he's finishing your faith. Amen. It's not finished yet. It's not completed yet. So you always have a chance to get that thing that you're believing for and to overcome what you're overcoming because he's a working on your faith. Amen. He's already he told Peter that. He says Satan wants to sift you. 
And that's what happens sometimes when we uh, need God for something or we get symptoms or diagnosis. We're like in a sifter where he wants to just shake us out and finish us off and pulverize us. But Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith won't fail. Amen? Amen. And so God has a work for us to do once we get into that realm where our faith does not fail us and we know it won't fail us. Then we know that we can go another day believing. We can go and add another person to our prayer list. We can do all of those things because he is yet finishing our faith. So we enter into a better covenant when we choose Christ. And that is once you begin with him, he will finish what he starts. Amen. So what that means is that Jesus has covenanted with us to take our faith to its utmost conclusion. He takes our faith to the end of the line. And that is the promise, the thing that we're believing him for. It will happen because he's stronger than we are. When we're weak, he's strong. And he is there to complete our faith so that it's not just hanging there where we we almost have it or we've been believing and we're tired of believing, all that kind of stuff. He knows all of that. And he will finish our faith, take it to its conclusion. We just have to keep believing. Amen. So our faith is designed to secure everything we need for life and godliness. Amen. Everything that we need for life and godliness. So it, our faith secures that for us. Jesus begins and finishes our faith. It begins at Calvary when we accept him, and it ends when, when he receives us at the end of our lives. In the realm of healing, we must have godliness to approach the throne. You acknowledge that it's because of his blood that you're there, and don't let minor things Keep you distant from God. Don't let mistakes, uh, misgivings, offenses, don't let any of that stuff get between you and God. Because it will put a distance between you. So our faith, so when you approach the throne, you have instructions on our prayers. You confess your sins. Amen? I don't think I did anything. Confess it anyway. Amen. Amen. Just confess. God in my heart. You know, you, you can, you can sin so easily that, you know, Hebrews just told us sin easily besets us. So why you think you immune? Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Some people go days, weeks, months without acknowledging what do you think would happen if you did acknowledge it? You don't think things would get better for you? <laughs> and mostly we know what we did. Amen. You, know, you got mad at so-and-so and you still tense around them all. I mean, it's just easy. So easy. Flesh is, is, is pretty powerful to stand between us and the Father. Don't cost you anything to say, God, you know what? Forgive me for so and so and such and such. God, I've been sitting around here all day. I could, I said I was going to read my word and I didn't do it and I'm putting it off and here it is bedtime. Hey! See how easily it besets us? 
I'm telling you, it's good to keep short accounts. It's bad to have to owe people something, especially God. Amen. You, and the Bible says he passes over when he sees the blood. Amen. Father, it's just because of your son's blood. It's not my good works, good acts. I'm not, let me quit pretending like I don't have anything going on here. Amen. Let me just come clean. Help me. Help me to always be clean before you. Amen. And, and live like that. Amen. Live, live on your knees. Live with a repentant heart. Live with a, a heart that's quick to, to acknowledge. Sometimes we'll say things that are sarcastic. That comes out of bitterness. You know, I mean, you just flip into that so quickly. <laughs> oh, but that's sin consciousness. No, that's blood consciousness. Cause I don't want, I don't want to sit here and debate about it. I just as soon confess and get it over with and you understand what I'm saying? If there's nothing there on the rare outside chance that you've been perfect all day long. <laughs> you know, sometimes people have hidden things in their heart and they, God will bring them out when you least suspect it. You just all of a sudden get mad inside and, and say something real smart about somebody that it's innocent, you know? Easily besets us. Don't let it beset you. Get it out the way so it don't beset. Amen? So Jesus begins and finishes our faith in the realm of healing. We need to have godliness to approach the throne. Here's not one time where I said, Father, we forgive us our sins and the anointing boom, drops right down. You all experience that? Cleanse me of all of boom, it drops. He witnesses his word all the time. There's no such thing as saying it when you ain't guilty. We ain't talking about guilt here. We're talking about acknowledging his holiness. You gotta acknowledge his holiness. You want, you want to do whatever it takes to release your faith that is not bound up on the inside of your crazy brain. Trying to be innocent. Amen. So we're set free from doubt, sin, and false doctrine. Amen. There's all kinds of killers of our faith. Amen. And we have to get free of all of these killers in order that we be healed. That we receive our healing. It is Jesus' job to do this. Amen. And he puts us through our paces so that we get beyond these roadblocks to our healing and roadblocks that keep our faith bound up and we, and keeps us believing in the natural. We, we can't decide what we need to do to accomplish what we need. And that's our biggest sin sometimes. We got a mindful of step this, step that. Oh, I just need to confess the word. I know how to do this. This will work here. And that uh, sometimes that's our biggest sin is a sin of knowing more than God and not humbling ourselves to him. Say, God, now I've been given this by the doctors. Now, what do I do? Amen. What do I do? And sometimes it's okay to start doing what you know to do. But you need to check in with him and say, God, help me to get this right. Now, I'm about fed up with this life of waiting and 
confessing and you know whatever it is just be honest before god you want it done amen and so when 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 those things happen you need to understand that god jesus will step in and take you to the next place in your faith amen once we know what to do we are obligated to do it if you know that um, proverbs 4:20 says pay attention to the word then you got to do that that's you're obligated then to do that and i think sometimes that's where many people do fail because they'll attend to the word when they're upset about it taking so long ever been there you get mad because you've been doing this for so long, then you jump back in the word real quick. <laughs> and then you feel a little better, and then you stay away from the word again. Uh, maybe I'm ta- not talking to real people. Huh? <laughs> so once you know what to do, you're obligated to do it. Amen? No matter how long it takes. And I think sometimes if we get ourselves get together with god and just say now god i want to do this right now what do i do how do how often do i do this and what is this what is that you know sometimes he'll he'll just take you aside or sometimes he won't say anything and that not saying anything means just keep doing what you're doing amen you'll get there you're not tortured you're not starving you're not you know distraught you're 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 in faith you're just holding your faith up. You're doing what you need to do to stay in faith. And that's really what, what we are supposed to do. Amen. If you go to Mark chapter 7, we have an example of, of this Syrophoenician woman where Jesus is the author and the finisher of her, her faith. Now, she's not a Jew. She's not somebody he came to particularly. Amen. But she's coming to him by faith. Amen. Because anytime you go to somebody and ask them for something, there's at least some faith involved there. Amen. So, uh, so she's, she's there and she's there presenting what faith she has. And what did we say? Mark seven. All my little stuff here. Okay, in verse 24, says, And from there he arose and went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would not have man know it, but he could not be hid. So he didn't go there announcing a meeting or anything like that. But when he went, there was a certain woman that found out he was there. Amen. And he says, Whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him. She heard of him. She didn't hear him preach. She heard about him. You know, when the Bible talks about Jesus, it says the fame of him went out. That's why he was a threat. He was a threat to everybody. He was a threat to the the Jewish um, hierarchy, the temple priests, Pharisees, all of those people. And it was a threat to Caesar. Because Caesar ran things and he didn't want anybody being a threat to his power. So there were times when Jesus didn't announce himself for good reason. So that he could peacefully do what he needed to do. And there were a few select people who would always know he was around. Somebody always knew he was there. And why is that? 
They were drawn by the Holy Spirit because it was time for them to get their miracle. Amen. So whether it was announced that he was there or whether he came there, you know, without anybody having knowledge that he was there, he wasn't there, he wasn't out preaching on the streets or gathering a crowd or anything like that, people could still receive from him. You can still receive from God. I don't care if if everybody in this city decides they don't want to serve him no more. You could still receive from him. Amen? You're not limited to what the the big crowd says. You can always get what you need from God because you have a covenant with him. He's obligated to you. And so it says her daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. She besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. So the, 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 um, I'm sorry, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Verse 26. Now, when she came in and threw herself at his feet, she worshiped him because she thought that was how you get something from God. Anybody been totally ignorant and just tried what they could try to see if God would move? Amen. Amen. That is so common. You don't come to God knowing perfectly how to get this covenant to work. And we're still that way in a lot of different things. We're hoping, just believing we receive and hold on to that is going to get it. Amen. And sometimes we have doubts that it's going to work work or not amen am i doing this right god am i doing this enough am i doing this way we all have that amen we all have it and so just because she's a a gentile like we started out uh, we don't hold that against her (laughs) because at least she the sister in there trying amen she that's faith faith is you went to the right place you went to the source and you're giving it your best shot Amen. That's, that's all that's about. And until Jesus comes and gives you something better, you stay with your best shot. Amen. So she starts out, uh, um, a little uncertain. She says she's going to try this. She falls at his feet, begins to worship him. And, and, uh, she really is, is almost in faith, but not in faith. She's got a little bit of faith, but she's got, no doubt, a lot of doubt here. Before Jesus can honor her faith, he has to perfect it. And I think that's one thing we forget about the process. That we come to God with the faith that we have, and if it needs perfecting, he's got to perfect it for us. For instance, the woman with the issue of blood. Now she came up behind him and touched his garment because her faith, the spirit of faith told her if she would do that, she'd be made whole. Well, she did it and she felt her body that she was healed. Then why did he stop her after she did it and talk to her? The answer, I've been saying it all morning. He's perfecting her faith. 
He's perfecting her faith. See, when you go to God, you can receive something by faith. But are you going to hold on to it when you get outside and it's challenged? He's the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. So your faith is not only got to get you that touch where you know you've been touched in your whole But it's got to get you enough of a touch and understanding how to hold on to it. Because that woman is is 12 years or 18. Which one is she? 12 years. She's 12 years stuck in her house and can't come out. You don't think that priest is going to stop her on the street and say, what you doing out here? And when they start questioning her, what's she going to say? See, Jesus is giving her the weapons of warfare so she'll hold on to that when the priest come and examine her and start asking her, what you doing out on the streets? How'd you get rid of that bleeding of 12? You didn't see any of us to get it. Huh? And she'll tell them, no, my faith made me whole. When they, when she tells them that, they're going to back up, fall out, go back to the synagogue and leave her alone. So Jesus is protecting her healing by giving her understanding of how it happens. And that's the same thing he's doing with us now. He's protecting what he's invested in us by giving us understanding of how it works. And how he's there to protect it for us. See, she got what she came for. Her bleeding stopped. She knew in her body that she was healed. But he had to perfect it. See what I'm saying? Some people get perfected before they receive anything. She gets perfected afterwards. He told her, he said, don't be afraid. Because she still had that fear of being found out. Even after she got healed. And that's what he sensed. And he had to take care of that. That's shouting words right there. He's not going to let you go out there halfway prepared to hold on to what you just got. Because he knows the devil's going to come and try to steal it from you. So he perfects your faith. Um, Dodie Osteen had terminal liver cancer. And she realized that if she got in the word, in fact, they asked, her husband asked Norval Hayes, he said, he seems like Dodie's been trying to get her healing, and Norval instructed her what to do, and, and she would get in the word. She constantly talked to God every day about, you know, what to do, how to do this. And she said, when the symptoms finally subsided and she got healed, she to this day, she said, continues to do her daily routine that she did to get healed. So she knows she'll keep it. Amen. Because the, the enemy would like for nothing better to Oh, you ain't had that word today. Mm. Feel your side. Remember that knot? That was, yeah. He'd love to do it. So we have to not, we have to let Jesus perfect our faith, folks. It's not just about you having enough faith to grab something and run off with it. Maybe he wants to do something else with your healing. Maybe he wants you to do something he wants you to do for a change. Instead of you doing everything you want to do. 
Uh-huh. Taking what he's got and running off with it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So there she is. She, she gets there and she starts to worship him. And he knows it's not sincere and heartfelt, but she's trying. Amen. And, and so he, she said to him in verse 26, uh, my daughter has a devil. And one, one, um, one account of this same story says that she says that the daughter is, have mercy on me because my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Amen. Now, does that sound familiar? Remember the man with the little boy? My son is grievously. So these are, this is how people think they're going to get something from God by exaggerating how bad it is. See, she didn't really say help my daughter. She said help me. I'm worried. I'm scared. I'm, it's all about me. <laughs> Amen. As long as it's all about you, that diminishes the power of your faith. See, most parents that have sick children would take their place in sickness anytime. You understand what I'm saying? Because they don't want their children to be sick or upset or disturbed. They want health and wholeness for their children. Amen? And so Jesus has to get her beyond the point of just wanting it over with. She's got to put something else in there to show him her sincerity about it. Amen. So, so this is something where, you know, she's kind of lightly, she kind of feeling him out to see where he's coming from more, more than anything else. She kind of thinks he might help her. But she mostly thinks he won't. Don't tell me you haven't been there. Huh? The devil will take you there. You can start out with, with faith that, that you feel like a moving mountain. And if it don't move it in the time you think it's supposed to, you back to square one again. Amen? So you bounce all over the place in this faith thing, but, but, you can stay on course because Jesus wants you to have what you ask for. You got to keep that uppermost in your mind. He's your advocate. He's your friend. He's for you, not against you. That's what you got to keep in mind. And so he said to her, and Jesus said to her, no, let the children get fed first. In other words, there are some people in line ahead of you. Ow. Huh? You start thinking about so and so got healed. And they're either worse than you or better than you, just depending on the time of day. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> See, a testimony is supposed to inspire you and tell you that God's going to do it for you. It has nothing to do with the quality of the person that gave a testimony. Because you don't know how they got it. You don't know what kind of life they live. Huh? They they can tell the testimony and make it sound like they super spiritual. You know, people do that to you. I prayed and prayed and prayed. <laughs> Excuse me. 
And you'll say to yourself, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Huh? See, our ears, sometimes we listen with carnal ears. We hear what, what our flesh is telling us, they said. Only thing you need to do is God did it. That's all you need to know is God did it. And it wasn't a super spirituality because they couldn't tell you how they got it either. <laughs> so she's kind of halfway. You know, her faith is bound up in some stuff. This is why we need him to finish our faith. Because he gives you starter faith. Everybody's got it. They got the measure. He gives you starter faith. And once you put it over into God, it's there. Unless your mind wanders and you go looking around for something else, but you can always bring it back to. You ever get like that with certain stuff? Well, here's the uh, 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 so-and-so-and-so-and-so supplement. And his organic, and here's uh, uh, this thing or that thing that's that's really oh yeah, it, it doesn't. You can add that to the word. I don't see Jesus sending nobody to the organic store to add nothing. Now people will tell you things like, "Well, you got to take care of the temple, and, and you got to." Well, that's that's totally different. We're talking about adding things to your faith. That we do have a scripture to cover that. And it don't have nothing about organic nothing on that list. Nothing from the natural realm. It's all spiritual things you add to your faith. So here she's, he tells her, he said, nah, it's not good. So, you know, in a way, he's imitating her thought life. He's reading her thoughts. It's not good to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. So she's kind of halfway expecting him to say something like that, and he knows it. So he gives her what she's looking for. You ever tried to believe there was some kind of supplement or something you could take to get you healed, and you run out and God lets you do it? And you come back and see it didn't move that thing nowhere. And you still got to come back and believe God. That's all he's doing with her right here. He's giving her what she thinks he's going to give her. Amen. To the pure, all things are pure. To the wayward or froward or wicked, all things are wicked. So she got wicked in her heart and in her mind. She don't like Jews. She wished she could go to somebody else to get healed, but she heard about him, and there's something in her brain that won't let that thought go until she goes to see if the man of God is going to treat her right. She answered and said, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said, For that saying, in other words, why didn't you come to me and tell me that from Drum Street? Why we got to play around in this? But he's willing to play around in your nonsense for a season and bring you back to the truth. Amen. See, she wanted her daughter healed and he knew it. But she had doubt. 
because she's thinking he's a wrong kind of person. How many times we think God's making it too hard for us? You got to get that out of you before you can, your faith will work. Huh? He's, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. I keep thinking it's too hard, God, and it's not too hard. I keep thinking I don't need to do all this, but I do need to do all this and more. Sometimes you need to sleep with your Bible. You need to keep it so close to you. Huh? You need to keep it so close to you that you can't get away from it for too long. Amen? Because you're on the hunt. You're on the, on the, don't be casual about anything you need from God. If you are casual with Him, He'll be casual with you. Amen? And so we have to learn how to get in the zone where God can bring the stuff that we need. Get on like a bloodhound. Start sniffing it out and don't stop until you get it. Amen? You can get some parts of it and that's cool, but there's got to come a day where you zero in there and bam, get it all. Amen? No, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I've always lived free from medicine, free from crutches, free from this and free from that. And I still have that person in me who can get that from God. Jesus, you're the author and the finisher. I'm expecting you to finish me off here with my healing. Amen. And I'm going to keep it. Amen. And that's the way you you deal with these things. Amen. She could have said that to him at the beginning. Well, I think you think your people think I'm a bad person. and I'm scared you won't give it to me. Because that's what the truth was. But instead, she had to play around. (laughs) Amen. But he helped her anyhow. See how compassionate he is? We play around a lot of times with the things of God. And, and then he redirects us and helps us get what we need anyway. He, he has such compassion and love for us. He'll put up with our shenanigans and our skullduggery and whatever else we're doing for a season. But then there comes a season where he says, nope, today is the day. We're going to get this done. And it, it's going to be the whole full nine yards. And I'll show you how to get there. Amen. You can trust him. He, amen. He'll go the extra mile. He always does because he loves us. Amen. He loves us. Father, we thank you for giving us your word, giving us understanding. You are going the extra mile with all of us even now, Lord, because you have it within your heart and within your sights for us to receive everything that we need at your hand. So, Lord, we thank you so much for blessing us. Everybody lift your hands to heaven. Say, Father, fill me. Give me overflowing power to do what I need to do and receive what I need to receive. I thank you, Jesus. You go the extra mile with me. So I'm catching up to you right now to have everything that I need in Jesus' name. All right, let's do our confession. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. And I thank you, Jesus, by your stripes. We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God.